So when it comes to getting your bass playing to the next level, obviously there are various things that you can do to achieve that, but one of the critical pieces of that is gonna be how and what you practice. Because what you do in the practice room is going to be a reflection of what you do in any live environment, okay? So with that in mind, what we thought would be fantastic is to go back into the interview archives of the hundreds of interviews that we've conducted here at SBL and find the specific moments where these great artists such as Billy Sheehan and Jeff Berlin and Victor Wooten are talking about exactly how they did it, how they did it, how they approached practicing, what they practiced and everything in between. And to kick this off, I wanted to share a moment where Danny Mo Morris from obviously from Berkeley College of Music and faculty member here at SBL, Danny shared how he practices, what he practices every day and that he also swims a mile a day. A mile. So with that said, let's jump in. I like what you said about job description. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, and, and here, you know, we have a summer semester starting today. It's like, I like to take a young person and expose them to all the things that we're talking about yeah. right now. But I also give the caveat that you have to live through studying all these things. You can't just acquire it without spending time with it. And I know you're big on that with these practice routines and I see people embracing your ideas from your videos on how to practice. And then everybody's still gonna manifest it their own way. But there is no substitute for getting in the shed and working with all the things you are. You've got or, or something like that. Who who <laughs> hasn't? But so you can't you can't say, oh I'm gonna skip that. You yeah. can't skip it. You've got to do <laughs> the work. <laughs> you gotta do the work. So I say what mystery novel would you ever start on chapter two? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So there's, there's many things that, that have to work as preamble to getting started. However, there, there's fun that has to be made too. I mean, you see a little kid on, on a drum set. Are yeah. you going to say, hey, man, you're playing with a bad technique? That would be the most, the stupidest thing for you to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why stop the fun? But then realize... You have to teach, you know, I like meeting people. They come here, they're around 18, 19 years old. They've been playing for a bit. Um, I like to teach them, again, how to teach themselves, how to open up all those different windows yeah. to study. Um, but my favorite thing to do, Scott, is play on people's songs. I, I say to all the students around here, I say, send me a song. I just want to plug into that Avalon and put a bass track on it because that, that challenges my creativity. And I, I charge them a cup of water. Really, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to give me water. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But I, but that taps me into playing on new music. See, yeah. on new music, the bass line hasn't been written yet. Yeah, yeah. So it's and, and there's so many songwriters all over the place. Are you still it, doing that? I can remember you telling me that you is it, you learn a song a day or a new piece of music every day. I, 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 I don't do it every day, but uh, I, I, pretty close. It's there, yeah. Yeah, life life has gotten in the way a little bit. It slowed me down. But, um, <laughs> I got I got to get I swim a mile a day. That I got to do. You swim There's, a mile a day. 
Yeah. Good for the back. I need to do this, man. <laughs> So you still practice now, right? Like, obviously. I've been here since uh, <coughs> noon. Yeah. With this little lamp going on. Oh, really? Way. Yeah. So back then, has it fluctuated your practice throughout your career? If you go back to when you're like late teens, how much were you practice then and to now? I, I always practice a lot. I think I practice more now than I ever did, though. Really? Because I have the luxury of having some time. Yeah. We get in and sound check isn't for a couple of hours and I'm in the room and I got a seat and there's yeah. a water or coffee and I got my bass. Woohoo! And I just go for, <laughs> for forever. And I'll, you know, go in completely different areas, trying things I've never tried before. I'm not much of a slap player, but I just decided to do kind of my own version of it trying to refine it a little bit. Yeah. It still hasn't found its way on stage yet, but uh, I'm working on it. Yeah. And a bunch of new things. And then revisiting a lot of things that I used to know. I used to know a lot of Bach pieces and chordal, you know, like a... Like some standards yeah, on yeah, yeah. chordally. Yeah. Not that fast, I did it quick to get it, get it out of the way. <laughs> I would do it as a sensible version, of course. Uh, so, um, uh, when I was a kid, I remember uh, we finished the show, and my cousins wanted to go fishing. So, we got out of the club about 4, 4.30 in the morning. Was a, the drinking went on until 2 in Buffalo, and yeah. then the, the place was open another hour, and then the crew had to get the gear yeah. up. So, I'm home, and they show up at my house at 6, and I answer the door with the bass on. And my cousin John, he didn't say anything at the time, but years later he goes, man, what we, remember that time we come over to the house? Like, yeah, you had the bass on it. Was, and that was a motivation. Yeah. One of the motivations for his life that, you know. Really, yeah. If you hit, you keep on going. You don't, yeah. you don't stop. And, uh, and people would often say, oh, did you ever put that thing down? I'm, no, no, I don't actually put it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm really blessed with the love of playing and love of music. I've got a huge iTunes collection over two terabytes of all kinds of music. And it's just a wonderland yeah. of, of uh, amazing stuff. And have you, do, you, do you think that you are, your learning style, do you think you soak it up from other players and then you try and, like say for instance, if you're trying to develop some kind of like slap thing, and I've seen you do it a few times since you've been sitting down, it sounds wicked actually. Um, <laughs> do, do you look at other players and you're figuring out what they're doing and then trying to find your own feel for it? Like yeah, what's your learning style? The slap, I could never kind of figure out where those notes were coming from. I saw a move and I heard where is that coming from, you know? So I sat down one time and got done. Apparently, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I came up with a riff. I turned into a song later. That's the tough part about it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I just yeah. sat on uh, outside uh, in my house uh, one time. I just sat and worked that riff out. And and when I got done, it kind of sounds like slap. I yeah. guess I guess it's slap. And then I did variations of that through the through the year. And then I'll go see see Victor Wooten and then give up on that. For a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. See I think everybody's the same. And in terms of like your your plucking hand is ferocious, ferocious. It the, is, the uh, three the three finger thing. Yeah, that is. Like was that turned into a real asset? Yeah. Like where where was that born out of? Did you start playing with three fingers? I started with one. Did and you I just keep adding one? Top and I was going. <laughs> that was my big move. Right oh, there. do that. Yeah. I couldn't move it anywhere, I just in one string. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, look at that. 
So you're pushing down, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of oh, because so you've got both two. of them are together. Now that later on that came in handy when I was hammer on doing hammer ons because to do that's just way too weak. I need that extra thing of it. Yeah. To really hit it super hard. Because yeah. on bass, we can string it uh, light and get the action low and get it to play as easy as a ukulele if you want. But there's a certain level of strength any individual will have. If he pushes too hard, he overwhelms the string and it clashes against the frets and the nothing. Well, that could be a sound in itself, too. Yeah. If, if, he, if, it's, if he's too weak for it, he can't get the things. you got to find that spot between your action and what your strength is. Yeah, and how yeah, that works. So, yeah. like that intro that Mr. Big addicted to that, Roger. And even without the amp on, it's pretty it's loud. It's popping out, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, it's always been important to me. I practice a lot with no amp at all. A lot of times in hotel rooms, you, don't, you can't be yeah. plugging an amp yeah. around, even a small one. And so I try to get everything I can get out of out of the strings yeah. and the bass. Later on, the amp sometimes is more of a of a impediment to it because the bass has this much dynamic range when it's sitting on your lap in a quiet room. Yeah, plug it in. It's huge, yeah, and it's giant. So uh, some things don't work. So that's that's one of the reasons why I've always opted for a little bit of compression to just get it back down to the way it feels. Normally. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, these are all the little balance points that I've been I've been uh, dancing with uh, for <laughs> for many years. But my path was kind of set for me, and it's very easy. And and growing up, a kid I don't know any kid that likes to practice, and I was one. Yeah. You know, kids like to do it; they want to play, not practice playing. Yeah, yeah. No kid wants to practice video games. They want to play, you know, and so yeah, music yeah. was that way for me. So I've never enjoyed practice, but put someone in my position with the brothers I had who really worked on it and liked to practice. Yeah. They, and they, you were the youngest, I suppose, as well. So that it's like that heavy influence coming down from them all the time. So yeah, add practice onto that. So, and, and it would, some people would be easily like four times as, as good as I am. When you were practicing, what kind of things were you practicing? You Obviously, know, you've mentioned like transcription, working yeah, out, yeah, yeah, drum um, stuff. I look at it. I, I'll answer that question, but I really look at it like, let's say I want to learn to speak English, yeah. and I admire you because you speak so well. And I say, wow, when you were growing up, what did you practice? You know, speaking it. You you did it. Yeah, you just spoke, and and you were never not allowed to participate. No one made you practice. No one said you have to learn these words first. Got to say your ABCs or your scales over and over. Yeah, 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 no one yeah. ever did that. Yeah. You, you've maintained your freedom. And that's why you have your own voice. Music has been identical for me. I was yeah. learning it at the same time as I was learning to speak. And in the same way, through freedom, not through a regiment of practice. Yeah. So practice is not my mentality. Playing is. But a lot of people hear me say that and they think I'm saying don't practice. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that wasn't a part of what I did a yeah. lot. You played I all played. the time. I had all the, the opportunity yeah, yeah. to play all the time. Yeah. Because you know? your four older brothers were playing all the time. Yeah. And parents were getting us gigs. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I would work on things, I would get excited about certain things. Um, like when I heard Jocko, one of the first things, a, a great drummer named Billy Drummond. Yeah, yeah um, Billy Drummond lives in New York now, but he was a neighbor, and he played <laughs> Portrait of Tracy. Yeah, 
And How old are you at this point when you first oh, heard well, it? When it's, I don't know what year that was when that record came out. Jocko's first record? 76, I think. 76, I was in the sixth grade. Or 78. 78 Whatever it was. Yeah. If it was 76, I was in the sixth grade, which would have made me 11. Yeah. So, so 78, I would have been in the eighth grade, whatever. Yeah. I heard it, and because I was young, I didn't have the mentality of, wow, that's hard, I can't do that. My mentality is, if he can do it, I'm going to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> but my mentality is was, because I don't like to practice, right? My mentality is, I'm going to learn it tonight. And so there's about three instances that I can still recall. Portrait of Tracy was one where I didn't sleep till I learned it, the whole song. You were just like, I'm, yeah, I yeah, just stayed up and learned that song. And that was my introduction. That was my whole practice of harmonics. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was uh, showing a girl just a few days ago in, where was it, Madrid, how to play harmonics on the bass. And yeah. it was very difficult, and she was just complaining, I'll never get it. I just never had that mentality. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to learn it tonight. Yeah, yeah, tonight, yeah. And it took me a long time. But after I learned that song, I knew so much about Jocko. Yeah. Because he, you know, he, he had, there's a lot of patterns that he repeats yeah. in that song. So I learned a lot about Jocko. I learned a lot about harmonics and I was just better so I call it I call that concentrated practice yeah not so much that I'm concentrating but like when you have orange juice concentrate yeah, know, yeah yeah you add a little water and you get a lot yeah that was the kind of practice so really digging in and just I and did. I suppose like if you're talking about like music being a language mm. you're mm. you're learning what he said you know absolutely you're studying the way he spoke and absolutely. then you're getting that into your absolutely brain, right? absolutely and when you approach it that way it's not as difficult like if i wanted to learn a speech one of my favorite speakers is dr martin luther king if i wanted to learn his speech i wouldn't say oh wow this is going to be hard man how does he do that you would listen and you'd repeat it yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. know you may not even know what the words mean but you could repeat it yeah, yeah absolutely i've just treated music that same way and there have been a few things. I did the same thing with Stanley Jordan. That's how I learned to tap. Is that from Stanley Jordan? Yeah. In a night. I, I, I heard Stanley Jordan. I'm like, that's one guy? So I got my brother's guitar. I found out from reading the record that Stanley tuned in all fourths. I tuned my brother's guitar in all fourths. And, and I say one night. And when I say one night, it's a long night. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, you know, the sun is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's still is, going. I yeah. just don't sleep yeah. until I yeah. get it. And I learned one of his songs. And that's pretty much the, the most I've ever practiced yeah. tapping. The rest yeah. has been doing it. More doing it and yeah. then using it as, like, compositionally coming up with great things. Coming and up then. with things to do. So I'm not great at tapping. I'm not. I'm really not. Stanley Jordan is. I'm not. People think I am because I use what I have well right, okay, in a yeah. musical way. Yeah. But I can't run lines and solo like Stanley Jordan. He's like a piano player. Yeah, he's all over know? the place. Isn't he? Yeah, so yeah. my, my ability is limited, but I just use my limits to their fullest. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I would do that with drum solos. You know, Billy Cobb, my brothers were listening to Mahavishnu Orchestra with John McLaughlin. I just love the power and the fast and, you know, of Billy Cobb. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted my bass to sound like that. And I had been studying Larry Graham. Yeah. And so I was learning how to do the thumb thing, thumbing and plucking. And so that gave me the power, but not the speed. Oh, yeah. So when Reggie showed me how to use my thumb in both directions. Yeah. That just opened up a whole new world. My mind kicked in. So did that come from Reggie? The, oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The double thumb. Yeah. 
And at the time, there was no name for it. We were just using the thumb like you use a pen. Yeah, because you were the kind of the first guy that I really saw doing that. And I was like, hey, what, what, what is he doing? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, but if a guitarist sees it, it's no big deal. Because guitarists, if they don't have a pick, they'll use their thumb. Jazz yeah. guitarists did it all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Django. So for yeah. a guitarist, it's nothing new. For a bassist, it's new, so it must be hard. And Victor Wooten's the only guy who can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never thought that way. You know, for, for me, and fortunately my kids, if I see you do it, I'm halfway there. Got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Knowing that it can be done is half the battle, That's right? That's it. And, and having an example to see. Yeah. Right? One way is having to create it, but when I can see you doing it, I'm halfway there. And if you look at YouTube, you'll see young kids. There's young kids now, eight years old, playing oh, it's crazy, more yeah. stuff than yeah. I can because play Because they now. can see people doing it. Because the whole world is at your fingertips. Yeah. Right? Now we just have to make it musical, and, and, and these people need experience. And there's a whole lot of musicality that needs to be added to the technique, yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. And, and music, what I call musical wisdom, yeah. when to use what you have and when not to, yeah. things like that. But ability, you know, uh, is a, you know, can quickly be attained by, by the younger person with an open mind. And I, I hear guys falling into traps. It's just like, well, here's some, obviously something they practiced. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like okay, and it and it you can hear that it's sort of a device yeah. instead of like hearing what really what the chord is and how to move around it and make a little melody out of it or 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 um, you know it's a, that's it's just a matter of like not being lazy about it. You know, yeah. like make sure you you know you know everything about the chord that you can possibly know. Yeah. You know, like Wayne had a trick about you know a four fret area finding all the without any using open oh, strings. Yeah, it's pretty but, yeah, quiet, it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like, so then you figure out how to not be lazy about it. Because so, yeah. then you find out different notes, like it's not just G and D, if you're playing in G, you know, it's like G, D, F, you know, it's like, there's, a, there's like, you could start on an F, B, yeah. you, know, you know, there's just a million like kind of things that you can wind around. For anybody watching, it's like, yeah. it's basically being able to outline all, all the chords, yeah. isn't it? Like within a four foot area without moving even a fret either side, just yeah. so you come up with all these sort of like weird scales, don't you? Because yeah. it just sort of like literally boxes you yeah. into that four, and it also gives you thing. cool shapes to, to dick around with. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, so then you wind up with like, I mean, you know, I'm jet lagged. I can't, I can't think of any like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, but you know, you wind up in places that it's just like, oh, cool. All right, so so you know, let's try some G minor. This is, might sound like crap. Sorry, but you know, like so. But the first thing in a G minor is a G minor seven. So yeah. And then give yourself a rule like, okay, no fives. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I can't. There's a lot more rules you could apply to it. I'm just, and I'm not even thinking about all the possibilities there. But you know, you could also say minor six. So it's, you know, it could be. So then you it breaks up, down the ability to be able to yeah. play the lines that we were talking about. Do you know when, like Wayne Kranz was saying, he was yeah. like, "I don't want somebody to have like a preconceived line that right. they play." That actually breaks it down, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes it almost impossible because you like you can't go out of that box, and it forces you to improvise. It's yeah. Like, oh shit. Okay. So how do I keep this interesting? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of the hard part. It's you know, that's like it's a it's a very analytical way of getting your toolbox together, but it's like it's also super valuable because then when you're in the heat of the moment, you happen to have checked that out it's like oh cool you know yeah, you yeah. Go, you know yeah 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 
you know, all this weird stuff can just come out, you know, it's just like, oh, cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't run out of gas. And when, and when did you study with him as well? Oh, I started in, uh, I quit the New York scene to move up to Boston to study. That's how I was, yeah, I was rapidly going up into the New York scene as one of the new guys, and I was already a, a, one of the older guys So now. you went from Boston, Berkeley, to New York. To New York. And then back to Boston. Because there was a lot about music I still didn't know. And it was very, like I say, I'm an odd bird. I was just pulled in that way. So I went to Charlie. And Charlie was one of the three greatest jazz and music teachers of the 20th century. I'll debate anybody on that. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's thing was entirely another version of the early Berkeley, my youth as a violinist, and finally Charlie Benakis, including the teachers I had uh, on and off in New York, that it was music only, yeah. that a lesson from Charlie might include uh, notes and chords based entirely on a, on a uh, McCoy Tyner okay. uh, principle. Charlie Benacos, guys, was sort of like this legendary. Yeah, I'm off le- on the tangent. Le- no, 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 you're not. Like, I was just sort of like giving them some context. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to sort of like reading magazines and, oh, this guy studied with Charlie Benacos. Oh, Jeff used to study with him. And then Stern. I would be as excited to get a Charlie lesson in the mail as I would be that like a kid be, would be on Christmas. I really was. Really, yeah. He, he worked with cassettes. Yeah. So we'd do a thing. Hi, Charlie. Here's my playing. And Charlie was a very nice man, but he'd tell me, so I would do a solo. And this is when I was quite popular and doing well. Yeah. And he'd send me back a thing. And Charlie was, hey, Jeff, man, what's happening, man? <laughs> hey, Jeff, what's happening? He's just a funny, quirky guy. Hey, man, I checked out your solo, man. <laughs> Listen, man, you're playing too horizontal, man. We got to get you vertical. And he heard that in my playing. Yeah. And he gave me ver- lessons in vertical bass playing, which knocked me out. Um, I'm a little hyper here because I'm thinking about it. Go for it. There was a solo. I'll only give you a few bars. There was a solo by McCoy Tyner on a song called, if I'm remembering it right, Passion Dance. And the line that McCoy played was... Now, why that's such a great thing is that's an F scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When people talk about playing, scales are not particularly good vehicles for use. They really yeah. aren't. They're more of an academic thing in order to sort of learn that harmony. Yeah. But when people solo on scales... This is what I hear at the clinic, so I know that this is sort of the idea. What Charlie did is he noticed in a McCoy song that I'll do it in the key of F because that's what it was. Instead of an F dominant, what Charlie noticed is that they were playing an F triad and an E flat triad. I know none of this uh, maybe affects some of you guys, but it's so easy to understand is that the notes... Yeah, yeah. That's the scale. There's no A. Yeah. So what that does is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's a C7 And that's the vertically talked about. Boo, 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 boo. Instead of ba, 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 ba. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Triadic uh, pairs and, yeah. Yes, yeah. two chords. And then he would do it with this. And then with an augmented triad. Yeah. I mean, he gave me stuff. And every week I'd go, wee. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did you study with him for? Uh, on and off for 30 years. I mean, Amazing. it would be pure. I wouldn't see him for a few years, but yeah. he had a waiting list of two years, but I'd call him up yeah, and he'd go, hey, man, yeah. I'll give you the lesson right away. I was always <laughs> at the top, so. Yeah, yeah. playing diatonic like the chords diatonically within the key yeah. have you always got that running with your mind yeah like yeah. if you're in the key of g yeah you know you can play the root the, the two three yeah five six so basically just knowing where the scale is yeah and then knowing where all the chords are contained yeah. within that scale yeah also play some other things like you know dominance to that inversions yeah. I mean I really what I study is a lot of like triads and inversions that's what I mean I was gonna say I was gonna say like, if somebody's watching you and they're obviously they've got like years of work to get to where you are but where do they start would you would you recommend triads. simple triads yeah just take triads and uh, you know expand them like for example you take the you know uh, like an open triad of G. Yeah. First inversion over over uh, B over, over D, and then expand it. And then you take, for example, uh, five. Yeah. D. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's really like triads. So first of all, looking for, to be able to play all the triads of like a diatonic key mm -hmm. in all the different inversions, right? Yeah, and so the one chord and then but the two chords. But you can start by yeah, just yeah. playing in C. Yeah. And then take it to F. Also fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. So if anybody's watching this and thinking, what the heck's going on? That was just C triad up the neck, yeah? And then yeah. to the third. And then the fifth, 
and the fifth's in the bass, right? So yeah. that's what happened. So basically, there. instead of doing C, E, G, I'm just taking like the second note yeah. up an octave. So I'm doing C, G, E. Yeah. Then I'm doing E, C, G. That's the second inversion yeah. then. G, E, C. Sorry, first inversion, and this is the second yeah. inversion. And one thing that I like to do, I never play uh, visually. I always think about the notes. For example, this is really yeah. I oh, never man. I, that's like the opposite to me. That would blow my mind. I mean, you can think uh, visually too, but I, I like to avoid that. A friend of mine thinks all notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that came from studying composition. I was like, I want to think about the same things that I think on the piano on Did the. Do you play piano? Yeah. Just a little bit. He plays piano a bit no, as well. No, no, no. Just he, to, you know, I, I studied that to write music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, I like to think about that. For example, C, D, B, yeah, A, yeah, yeah. F sharp. You know, like yeah. think about the, the actual notes. The actual notes as they're moving, yeah. I guess, I guess it came just thinking that was a bit challenging, so... But, um, but yeah, that's, that's my thought process too when I'm arranging. Like working on your groove, have you ever done anything like that? Knowingly and thought, I'm yeah. going to work on this specific exercise. Sure. What kind of stuff have you done? I mean, a basic control exercise, like that. I mean, I do this on any instrument that I'm learning, like, you know, technique level zero, you know, basically yeah. like a drone, like focusing. I mean, in general, when you're practicing, it's nice to focus on one thing. Yeah. Right, because the Focus more in on one, yeah. and just really go away in there. So the right hand open string. We're gonna forget about the left hand, and like just doing something like uh, alternating one two. Yeah, I I've warmed up like this for 16 years playing yeah. bass, but uh, changing accents and changing speed. So maybe yeah. at a moderate speed like. Changing the accents, yeah. so like fours, one, actually eights, I guess. Yeah. Or fours. Making sure or, the actual placements bang on. Yeah. Right. Or threes. Or fives. Yeah. Or groupings, like two, two, three, like. Yeah. Be seven or two, 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 three, which would be nine, right? Yeah. You know, and just doing things like that, like you're totally taking your left hand out of the thing, and you're focusing on on accenting, yeah, and and changing accents with each finger, right? If you do any any of those drills where the total number is odd. You're going to be starting with a different finger. With a different you're going to be finger, flipping yeah, everything. It's going to be flipping, yeah. So one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, yeah. right? And making sure that you've got complete control. Complete of control yeah. with a metronome. Yeah. You know, always with a metronome. You know, and yeah. there's a million things you can do to practice with a metronome without an instrument. Yeah, because you've got it like yeah. locked in, something to lock into. Yeah. So to tell you you're locked in or not, right? Totally, totally, yeah. and and just really letting the music in your mind guide your hands and not the other way around because it's base it's such a tactile thing we can really play stuff without knowing what we're playing yeah right i mean i can just play 
Yeah, like a pop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't hear any of those notes. Yeah. But you can tell that I don't hear any of those notes. Yeah, yeah. Right. So before you do anything when you're practicing, just thinking about how will this sound, hear it in your head, and then try to pull the sound out with yeah. your fingers. You know. So I mean, I think exercises like that are really, really good, and I still warm up like that. Yeah. You know, put the metronome to where it. Uh, there's a great free app called Tempo that I use, and you can speed up the metronome every eight bars or every 20 seconds. Well, it just clicks on, yeah. Yeah, by however many BPM that you want, and it's great, you know, for just right. spending 20 minutes just doom, 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 and after 20 minutes, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, stuff like that. Because yeah. it's actually really, it's more complex than you think, like when I'm doing it, and when I'm always like, when somebody's playing two notes, like, like just like the consecutive same note, I'm always like, listen to the placement, like, is it even? Mm-hmm. Or is it slightly right. off? You know, when you listen to a great drummer play it, Right, it's not And it's metronomic. right in the pocket. Yeah. It's, it's right in the pocket, you know, like, can we do that with our, with our fingers? Well, I think the thing about, what I was talking about is time. Yeah. When I'm talking about doing these exercises, I'm talking about time, about locking in with, locking in with the metronome and really having a clear sense of how to play in time. Yeah. Groove and feel is a completely different thing. Yeah. People can have groove and feel without having good time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Many yeah. people have good time yeah. and, don't and don't have, have groove, groove or feel. feel. You know, these things are are very different. Um, so why do you think that is? Because one is spiritual and one is technical. And do you think you can work on groove? Do you think it's something that you can... Completely. But I think that you're very disadvantaged if you don't have access to musicians who play with groove and feel. Yeah. I went through college four years, did my thing, learned a bunch about theory and harmony and complex warm-up exercises and things like this. But, you know, I really didn't have any feel. Yeah. It, you know? It's actually playing with the, those guys that's given you feel. It's like totally. A and I mean, I really got up in there, like in a scene. I was fortunate enough to be living near Dallas where all the Roy Hargrove, RH Factor guys, all the Marcus Miller guys, all the Erica Badu guys, all the Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond guys, you know, they were all living there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I found those places where those things were happening. I was playing in churches, like 80% of my gigs were in churches for four years in Dallas, you know, and like you really understand quickly (laughs) <laughs> how bad your feel is, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so for me, that was, I was fortunate. Not everyone has that yeah. opportunity, but we all have records. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And now with the internet, we all have YouTube. We can watch these people play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you really have to take the initiative as an individual to try to learn how to play exactly like that. Yeah. Don't just learn the notes. Don't just buy the bass, you know, but to really get all of the subtleties that your heroes have. And if you learn enough of those things from enough people, it's kind of like a passageway to your own sound. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't want to, I don't want to learn too much of James Jamerson because I don't want to sound like a clone. Of course you don't want to sound like a clone. Yeah. You're, you're never, ne- never going like to sound yeah, like yeah, James yeah, Jamerson, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's important that if you, for me, it was like I got into Jocko 
and then I got into Jamerson. Yeah. You know, and then I got and into Dave Holland. From all, uh, yeah, yeah, you're taking totally. elements from all these players. Yeah. And you become an al- amalgamation of all your influences. Yeah, all we are. I mean, you can't do anything new. No one can do anything new. All we can do is take, you know, take the stuff from our record collection yeah. and put it through our filter with the way that we feel inside and express it. Yeah. yeah. You know?